0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Church at Home from the Benwell and Scotswood team. A warm welcome to you wherever you are to this service for the Sunday next before Lent. We begin by confessing our sins. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. God, be gracious to us and bless us, and make your face shine upon us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Make your ways known on the earth, your saving power among the nations. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You, Lord, have made known your salvation and reveal your justice in the sight of the nations. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May the Father forgive us by the death of his Son and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all our days. Amen. We pray the colic. Holy God, you know the disorder of our sinful lives. See straight our crooked hearts and bend our wills to love your goodness and your glory. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the second book of Kings. Now when the Lord was about to take up Elijah to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went, and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and to the other, until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you, before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, It will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Alleluia, alleluia. The word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord is good news announced to you. Alleluia. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days later, it is good for us to be here. Let us make 3 dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them any more, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen, until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We turn from the crib to the cross. We ended our Candlemas service along with the season of Epiphany a couple of weeks ago with these words. Right now, we are in an in-between time. We leave behind the story of Jesus' birth and revealing himself to the world. And now we look ahead into the wilderness landscape of Lent and on to Easter. The story of Jesus' approach to Jerusalem, his horrific suffering and death and the hope of him rising from the tomb. In our Old Testament passage, Elisha and his master Elijah also stand on the verge of something, looking out across a wilderness landscape. They know that Elijah's time on earth is about to end. They stand on the banks of the river Jordan, the border of Israel, the river that their ancestors crossed to enter the promised land. But Elijah and Elisha are to make this journey in reverse, back into the wilderness, where their ancestors wandered for forty years. The waters of the river are miraculously parted, and they step out into the unknown, where chariots and horses of fire swoop down and take Elijah To heaven in a whirlwind, leaving Elisha alone and grieving to carry out God's work. In the Gospel reading, the disciples look out on a different landscape, but they are still on the verge of a terrifying unknown. Jesus leads them on a journey. Up a mountain they climb, alone they enter the clouds, And Jesus begins to shine bright white. His holiness is revealed as he is transfigured. The Old Testament prophets Elijah and Moses are also there shining bright. The disciples are witnessing an incredible sight of awe and wonder. This is an unknown place where heaven meets reality. These stories of standing on the edge of a wilderness reminded me of an image that many of you have described to me in the town of Urumia, near the borders of Iran and Turkey, where many of you embarked on a journey into the wilderness, walking many miles to cross the border where lorries and cars, instead of chariots of fire, swooped down to smuggle you to Europe. You have stood on the edge of an unknown world in the hope of following God, to somewhere you can live freely and worship him. The destination of Benwell may be an unlikely place for heaven to meet reality, but nonetheless, here it is. I believe here is a place where God is present, and calling us all to know him better. For the rest of us, have you ever made a brave decision? That feeling of knowing you must do something. Something you know you must do but are terrified because it means stepping out into the unknown. Making yourself vulnerable. Exposing yourself to failure and hurt. Maybe it was choosing to change your job. Maybe it was admitting your failings and saying sorry. Maybe it was telling someone you loved them. Maybe it was going to speak to someone who you could see needed help. Maybe it was finally making the bravest decision of all to ask for help yourself. Of course, for every time we have made a brave decision, we have all made a hundred cowardly ones. We avoid situations that worry us, that require honesty or vulnerability. Rather than facing up to what we know to be right, we protect ourselves with distractions We fill up our lives with comforts, with being busy, with money and entertainment, with mortgages and holidays, with drink and drugs, with sex and with social media. Most of us would rather stare at the light of our screens than risk being shown for what we truly are in the stark light of God. Many of these things are not necessarily wrong, but we all use them to avoid the fear of silence and loneliness, the fear that we may be inadequate. We create all this noise to drown out painful thoughts and memories. I find it telling that in both our readings, it was necessary to shut up. In the Old Testament, prophets keep trying to dissuade Elisha from journeying on telling him his master is about to die, and surely there is no need to keep following. Elisha keeps replying, yes, I know, be silent. In the gospel, Peter does not know what to say when confronted by something he does not understand, so he starts gabbling about building shelters. But he is quickly silenced by the voice of God saying, this is my son, the beloved, Listen to him. So we stand on the verge of Lent, the Christian season of fasting, penitence and giving to others. It is a time to simplify your life, a time to be quiet. It is not the same as Ramadan in Iran. Nobody will force you to do anything. It is entirely up to you to decide what to give up, and what to take up. It is maybe much more difficult, a time to reflect on what has become a noisy distraction, and what is it you are avoiding. It is a time for renewal and growth, and that is terrifying, because it requires complete honesty with yourself and God. Lent is the time to be brave, to shut up, and follow God by stepping out into the unknown. I challenge you to take time for silent prayer in Lent. Start off small. Try five minutes. Just acknowledge that God is there with you. Try not to think. Offer yourself to do whatever God calls you to do. Don't worry if you hear nothing back at first. He will speak. It almost will never be in the way you expect. And if you find that you are being called to do something that scares you, then just remember that the brave decision is almost always the right one. And I'd like to end with a quote from St John of the Cross. To reach satisfaction in everything desire satisfaction in nothing. To come to possession of everything. Desire the possession of nothing. To arrive at being all. Desire to be nothing. To come to the knowledge of everything. Desire the knowledge of nothing. Amen.
0: So now in the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ let us pray to the Father. Almighty God, we pray for your church. We pray for ourselves at this difficult time. As we continue to be separated from those we love from one another. We pray that we would continue to know fellowship. In your Holy Spirit, know that we are still one church. We pray for our bishops, Christine and Mark, our area dean, Christine, and all the clergy and lay ministers of this team. We pray especially for those among us who feel particularly cut off, particularly lonely at this time, and miss the sacramental life of the church. We give thanks for the good news, And pray that we would be strengthened to share it with those around us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for your world. For those in government. Those who are faced with challenging decisions at this difficult time. Those who have responsibility for responding to this pandemic for ensuring that vaccines are fairly distributed. We pray for all medical staff and health professionals having for many, many months continued this very challenging work. We pray for those who are experiencing poverty for all refugees, for those whose rights have been violated. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are sick in body, mind or spirit, for those who have especially asked for our prayers, for Jill Sawley, Joyce Phillips, George Snowden, the Riches family, Dee Humphrey, Claire Mosafari, Eric Harling, Herbert Agbeko, Anastasia Mikkelwright and Margaret Wall. We pray for everyone who has been affected by COVID-19. We pray for those who have departed this life. By name, we pray for Audrey Matheson. And we pray for all those who have lost their lives to this pandemic. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. A prayer of the Venerable Bede. Lord God Almighty, open wide the door of my heart and illumine it with the grace of the Holy Spirit that I may seek what is pleasing to your will. Guide my thoughts and my heart and lead my life in the way of your commandments, that I may always seek to fulfil them, and that I may grasp the eternal joys of the heavenly life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done